One, two. All right, you're good. This is Live from the Table, a Comedy Cellar affiliated podcast. This is Dan Natterman. We're coming at you on Sirius XM 99, Raw Dog, and the Laugh Button Podcast Network. This is Dan Natterman. Noam is playing. Noam is. Noam got a new mandolin. <laughs> Noam Dorman, owner of the Comedy Cellar. He's also a musician. If you can, plays guitar, mandolin, some banjo. I guess he can do okay on the keyboards, but that's not his main thing. And we have Periel Ashenbrand. As far as I know, she does not play any instruments. Does not. But she has other skills. She's a writer. She is a cartoon producer. <laughs> and, of course, we have Nick, Nikki Lyons, Nicole... Behind the scenes, doing our audio and video work. Noam, uh, that's a new mandolin you got. You told me your friend uh, is going to sell you that mandolin. My friend Daniel Kirschheimer, this was his grandmother's mandolin. It's like a 1923 or 4 Gibson F4 mandolin. It's a very important mandolin, Dan. It's very, very rare. This is from the Lloyd Lore era of Gibson. Well, I don't know anything about that, but uh, it's so not, he's not quite as popular as the ones that have F holes. This has a round hole, but I I kind of like the ones with a round hole. Well, that means that means nothing to me. Okay, um, Noam, if you had to give up music, the the cellar, or sex, what would it be? I'm sorry, you had to choose one. I, no, what am I saying? How do I? Pray? Yeah, you had to give up music, the comedy seller, or sex. Which of the three would you give up? In what order? Um, could I make the same money having sex as I yeah, make? Yeah, let, let's just <laughs> assume, let's just assume we'll hold income constant. <coughs> and uh, I'm still married. You're married, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Everything is the same, but you're giving up. But you can either give up the seller, give up music, or give up sex. With, I presume, your wife, unless you're having it with other people, too. Whatever I'm still having, I can continue to have? <laughs> yes. This is not that complicated. No? You, I think <laughs> you're, 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 for you. I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, I would give up the cellar. Obviously. That was so obvious that he would give up the cellar. <laughs> okay, what if it's... Well, I guess that answers the question, yeah. Noam's music is obviously... All right, Noam, I think that's enough. I mean... <laughs> Music is obviously Noam's number one passion, other other than sex, apparently. Um, Wait, what about if you had to give up the podcast or music? <laughs> the podcast or root canal. <laughs> um, anyway, we have Richard Ronovich will be joining us um, in a bit. Uh, he's not here. Now, by the way, Noam, I gave up uh, a, a lucrative corporate gig because I'm booked at the Comedy Cellar Vegas. In February, and I got a call for a gig that for one night that pays twice as much. But this is not out of any loyalty. I just don't want to piss off Esty because she scares me. Um, so I said I can't do the corporate gig. But you couldn't resist telling us. Yeah, well, why not tell you? You know, why not try to get some uh, credit if I can? <laughs> you probably wouldn't have mind. Credit? I think you're an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> you probably no. I. I they probably, she probably all right now. <laughs> Shut that bloody bazooki. You know that uh, you know that Monty Python sketch. No, everybody at home, look, Google the Monty Python. Uh, Shut that bloody bazooki. There's a scene in like a pet store or something, and 
And there's just like dialogue is dialogue and there's bazooki music in the background. I don't even know what bazooki means. It's a Greek guy. It's like, oh, okay. And it just goes, it just keeps getting louder and louder. And, and you know, you think it's just background music. And then he turns and goes, it says, shut that bloody bazooki. And it's hilarious. Anyway, you have to hear it to, to okay. understand it. Um, Maybe you can find that, Nicole. Go ahead. He's been on that mandolin for, I mean, since that is what since Saturday or Sunday. I, I, you know, during the pandemic, I, I, I was going hard at guitar. I'm, maybe I'll get back to it. I just, I always say that and I never do. There's something about some people just they, they, they don't give up with music. They just, I guess, they're born with this desire to be musicians, and that's, I think, what ninety percent of what separates the musicians from the non-musicians is the non-musicians just give up. You know, I was not, I don't think, terribly untalented at it. I just just don't have what it takes to stick to it for, you know, 10, 15 years, however long it takes. Mm-hmm. To uh, Would you say that there's val- validity to that? No. There's so much that you said there. Um. Basically, I just said it's, it's, it's the, 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 the desire to put in the hours that really... There's the talent, of course. Okay, you want the truth, right? Uh, yeah, well, what, what do I care? I have no, I have no uh, dog in this fight. I was, I was uh, pretty accomplished on the guitar, I have to say. Uh, by the, I don't remember. We had that book with Phil Lopate. He was here. He was, he was my, he was yeah. my sixth grade teacher. He already written his book that I was. He says no. Uh, remember, he says no. Younger than sixth grade. Uh, fourth, fifth, and sixth. I'm going to presume. I guess he wrote that was probably when I was in fifth grade. So I've been playing like a year and a half, mm-hmm. and he, and I was already playing. Like I was already like really playing. I think also Gnome's quite modest when it comes well, to that. Sound, that sounded very modest. I know. That didn't. That <laughs> no, no, that, that didn't sound very modest. But so I you're saying that those with talent I, are more likely to stick with it because they're, 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 they well, see I, the I, progress. Exceptional talent. I, no, I don't know about exceptional talent. But I'm saying, like, first of all, when you're a kid, it's much easier to learn. I don't think I could have learned that that quickly if I'd started now. Um, and second of all, but it's not a matter. It's not a matter of discipline. It just it, it, it you just do it because it's fun. Right, but not everybody finds it fun. Right, but when you talk about having like a stick to it, like it's not you. You have for you, it's like I need the discipline to do it. But for me, it was always just like, oh, I'm playing the guitar. It's awesome. There was no discipline necessary because you enjoyed it. Right, he's been obsessed with that thing since it showed up a few days ago. He hasn't put it down for well, that's days. That's not true. I just I just took it for repair. That's well, but I, I mean, I, I saw it. you on Sunday, and right. you were and then I, and I haven't to had it. it since Sunday. I, on Monday, I took it to the to the. I asked Tony to drop it off at the mandolin uh, repairman. And I just got it back a few minutes ago. Okay. Well, in the two times that I've seen you in the past four days, that thing has been yeah. attached to you. It's deceptive. Noam, can we talk briefly about the situation with Clips? That you were going to hire somebody? Yeah, that's that's still in play. But I but I do, but I will tell you this. In lieu of that, um, we have a new policy now that in the underground, yeah. every comedian will get their set by email after they're set, without asking. Oh, okay. With no timestamp, I assume? No timestamp, if they don't want one. Okay, so how do we let it be known that we don't want one? You have to tell the engineer. So whoever's standing by the... No, I'm, Liz is going to make forms. Everybody's going to have to sign their signature that they don't want it. Okay. Okay, but as far as the show goes, can we implement a system moving but, forward of clips of how we should proceed? She's talking, just to be clear, she's... I'm talking about clips of us on stage doing our stand-up. Um, now she's ta- talking about the clips of the of the podcast. We can talk about that later. I thought you were talking about clips. No, of no, the I podcast. was talking about clips of comedians because now, and we're going to be talking about this with Richard Ronovich because he has an interesting story about he how he became a well, I wouldn't say TikTok sen- sensation necessarily. I don't know. Oh, I mean, but kind of. 
He's done well on TikTok, but there's a little bit of a story behind that. But, because um, that's how it's done nowadays. You put your shit on TikTok and Instagram and... Right. We're, we're going to start having clips for the show regularly. Is that right? I'm quitting the show. No, you're not. You have no authority to, do, to make that decision. It won't change whether we have clips or not. <sighs> anyway, um, I thought Rich was going to come right away, so I really had no talking 545. points. 5.45. I had no pre, pre-Rich talking points. Well, do you want to talk about... Well, I would like to talk about knowing putting that mandolin down. <laughs> uh, you said you want to talk about the San Francisco reparations? Yeah, but I thought we'd talk about that with Rich. Oh, what does he know about that? Well, he doesn't know anything, but he, I'm sure he has, once we explain it to him, he'll have a perspective on it. All right, so what, what else is there happening in the, what's happening in the world of comedy? In the world of comedy? Well, you know, I, uh, in the world of comedy, um, I'm not sure. What's happening in the world of the comedy cellar? I'm trying to open a new room. Well, how's that? Okay, so now, now we're getting somewhere. The new room. So we're, you're ready to talk about it, because you weren't. I'm trying, Dan. I'm trying, I'm trying to get my hands on this new room. Where? Very close. Okay, close physically or close <laughs> mentally. <laughs> Very close physically to the comedy cellar, and it's it's a big amount of money. It's more money than I've ever spent on anything in my life. And I'm you know I'm sixty years old, so so it's really it's really for my kids. You know, I mean they can do it. So they want. you're planning to buy real estate, isn't it? Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying. You're trying to buy real estate in which to put a new comedy club. Yeah, and I think I'm 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 paying more than it's worth. If uh, it sounds to me, but. You know, it's worth more to me than so, it is. So you're saying like they accepted your offer? Not yet, no. Okay. But um, I think I offered more than it's worth. I'm sure I offered more than it's worth. But, you know. Why did um, you offer more than well, it's worth? Well, he offered what he, I mean, it was a bidding process, and you offered what you thought would win the, he has to beat the other offers or he doesn't get the property. I well, guess. how do you know there are other offers? I know. So, <sighs> can I play the mandolin? So, so this is the thing. Well, you can, but we, after you, after the show, we, we turn away. <laughs> we turn away a lot of business, and um, so I've analogized that to oil and shale. You know, shale rock that we frack to get the oil out. So in in the seventies, it was well known that we had more oil in shale in America than in the oil fields of Saudi Arabia, and we we didn't have, at that time we didn't know how to get it out. We didn't have the technology to get it out. And then once we developed the technology to get it out, as we have now, we became energy independent. So this is my dilemma with uh, this business that we're turning away. Is that I, I, that's this all this oil and shale? It's worth a lot of money, but it's expensive to get it out. And so I might have to pay more than this building is worth objectively, because that's the only way I can get it out. And it's. Cost more. Well, there's cost other, more there's other potential venues. Uh, not nearby. Okay. And I think it has to be nearby, don't you? Yeah, I think the whole idea is that if if they come here and then they can't get into the main room, you send them around the corner. Well, it's not just the people; it's the comedians themselves. Like, the comedians, yeah. The comedians don't want. Like, it's nice they could hang out in the olive tree. They could do spots at all the right, rooms. And then, right. Exactly. It, it would it would be quite different if the other room was on you know even even as close as Eighth Street. Mm-hmm. Be a totally it wouldn't be the same thing. thing. It, it, wouldn't it wouldn't be the, be the same, same thing. thing. You can't run over there, do a quick spot, run yeah. back, you know, eat, eat something, get something to eat. Yeah, leave know. my food here. I'll be right back yeah, for it, yeah, you know. Yeah. 
So it's, it's so there's only so much real estate in in the vicinity that's appropriate for a comedy club. Yeah, and I think it's a pleasant part of the culture here that all the rooms are right near each other, right? It, it would it enhances the culture when the rooms right near each other. We we know this now in retrospect. We weren't sure when I first opened the additional room, but now that it's it's uh, a status quo thing. I think everybody likes the fact that there's spots all over. You come back to the olive tree, hang out, have a drink at the bar. It's kind of like you go to work at the cellar and you spend your evening and then you go home, right? Traveling around wouldn't be the same. And then, of course, the drop-ins, the celebrity drop-ins, I don't know if they're going to want to go up to 8th Street, but they'll walk, you know. They'll walk down the block. Well, they already do the underground, so they'll go right next door to the whatever other place there is or right around the corner, wherever it is. Okay, so so if they accept your offer, then you're doing it. Is that what is that what you're getting at? If they accept my offer and... Um, I mean, there's a certain amount of deal. I had to make sure it's not like on a, an Indian Indian burial ground or something like that. I, I have to check a few things out, but yes, I think I think it is. Yeah, I did. I did all the diligence already, basically. Right, so, but you're a little nervous because there's a ton of money now. How how uh, quickly would it be up and running if, say, tomorrow the offer was accepted and you took possession and ownership of the property? How quickly would we? And how many? And how many rooms? And in this new venue, would it be one one, one room? One? And I think it'd be at least a year. One room and how many seats, approximately? I'm, I'm hoping uh, 180 to 200. And you, but a year to do the um, to do the build out. I guess. Yeah, it's going to need significant renovation, even for something as you know that doesn't wouldn't seem to require much like a comedy club. Somebody's phone is ringing. Um, well, and you'd want to, you know, I assume you'd want to do it right, obviously. You know. Uh, maybe, yeah. Um, all right, well, that's great. I mean, again, and we, we've alluded to this before, but it's worth, I think, anything worth discussing is worth beating to death. Um, I, I, I'm not convinced that of, my, of how much benefit I'll derive from this. I'm certainly happy for you, and I guess anything that helps a comedy seller brand is helpful to me. I'm not sure... Uh, that I'll be a benefit greatly from it, but uh, might not. Yeah. Okay. Well, isn't that the? Ho- I thought that was the whole reason why Gnome was doing it. Well, for it to benefit obviously you. not. But I have to think about my. You know, when I think about it, before I get too excited, it's I have definitely going to think- gonna be good for Zarna Gark. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, no doubt it'll be good for Zarna. Um, <coughs> you know, uh, if I can, if I can squeeze out one extra set a week, I think that would be optimistic. But. Um, but that would certainly not that be sounds that realistic. would not be nothing. That sounds realistic. Because you know the thing is, I keep bringing in new people here, right? And Noam actively the other night, Noam gives me a list of people and says, "What do you think of this person? This person?" Well, I want to be honest with him and say and give my honest opinion. But of course, I also want to say they're all horrible, <laughs> because how, you know what do I want? Why do I want more competition? But but you know, any Rich Aronovich, how do you do? Hi, Wearing a vintage Kodak, a Kodak. A film T-shirt, ASA four hundred. They don't. I guess they don't make it anymore. Or if they make it, nobody uses it. But anyway, Rich Aronovich is here. Hello, Rich. Hello. Hi. Perry usually sends me an intro, but I don't need one because I know you for a long time. You're a comedian. You're a, a, a TikToker. I think now is calling you a TikToker is is an, is a big part of who you are, showbiz wise. Yeah, a lot, a lot has happened from TikTok. Um, and you are a Canadian. I was, I lived there for ten months. You were born in Canada. I was born there. And you moved to New Orleans. Yes. 
Um, and of are course, you quizzing me or are you telling me things? I'm <laughs> telling you, but not with 100% certitude. So I'm saying it with a slight inter- interrogatory, whatever. But um, <laughs> certitude, integrity. Okay, keep going. But you have an, a green card. No, I am a U.S. citizen. You don't have a green? Wait, you're a U.S. citizen? Oh, you don't have a green card. You're I a, had a green card. You had a green card. Okay, now you're In fact, I lost that green card, and it was a big problem because I was in Israel at the time. Mm. And and there was, like, embassy and calling and consul, and then I was I was in the beach with a, a, a young girl. I was a young guy, so don't get it twisted. And I just dropped all my stuff, and someone found it and returned it a few days later. Crisis averted. Crisis averted. And, uh, well, an honest Israeli, that's nice to hear. She wasn't Israeli. Okay. Um, I told Perry we need more Gentiles on this show, but, um, you know, that's something to think about in the future. More Gentiles always sounds good in theory, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I want to talk about TikTok, if I could. Sure. Tell I, me- I'm doing these crazy dances on TikTok. Yeah, so you, you were just doing stand-up clips, like I'm doing right now, currently stand-up clips. So, yeah, so during the pandemic, I started doing, I did a lot of impressions, sketches, skits, and uh, and I was seeing what was going to stick, because I was do, I had to do something. So one day, uh, a friend of mine said, you got to go on TikTok, and I was like, what's that? I'm an adult. And I went on there, and I was, all it was was like, to me, all I saw was like, girls with like, bikinis dancing, doing like the same dance. I was that's, like, your, this, that's your algorithm. That, all, all, I saw, saw, it, all I saw was political debates. Correct. <laughs> so so the, the algorithm went, you're a creep, and sent me this. So uh, so I put on a bikini and made fun of it, and it went like went nuts. So I continued doing it for a while, and then um, like I put on like a bikini, and it was crazy. And, uh, and then this woman, uh, who I won't break her anonymity, she said, don't talk about me publicly, but I'll just say she gave birth to me. She said, stop doing this. It's mortifying. Right. Like, really, you look like a melted candle. It's embarrassing for our family. And, like, my friends are calling me. And it's like, <laughs> like I, I'm not I kidding I think you. I saw you. Yeah. Now that you're, this is a couple years ago. Yeah. I, my, my daughter was watching the Renegade. You know the Renegade dance? Wait, wait, go ahead. I'll yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, so I was, I was going to quit. And then, I'm not making this up. Uh, my sister's dying. And instead of, she were in hospice. And instead of being scared and crying, we're laughing at your videos. And I was, I said, okay, there's a bit that I'm going to do this because it helps people. And I just, that's what I just started doing. And then a lot of stuff has happened because of it. Who did it help? Uh, it helped the dying, the, the people that were grieving, that were about to experience death. And, and that saying, kind of, I get that all the time. My, my mom is sick and we're not worried. We're just laughing at your stupid videos kind of thing. Yeah. Well, first of all, sorry about how does that. How does that, how is that perceived from the point of view of the mom? Who, in other words, the people who were really worried about her are now watching your dumb those, videos. Those, <laughs> those 15 minutes, they're escaping. And then they watch the next 15 seconds. You want, I, you're right. I should have argued with them. When I should have said, excuse me, how is this helping? When, when I'm dying, saying, when I'm dying, please don't post any fucking videos to help anybody well, she, think, not think about it. So right? you're saying you have the whole you're, all all the time after I die not to think about it. You're saying your mother realized that you were helping people. And no, so no, it took, it, no, no, it, it took. No, it took. No, it did not say that. <laughs> uh, I thought that's what I heard. You, had, you need more listening, dude. Uh, what? What? No. What? My mom never got on board until I got on two TV shows, and then I started <laughs> making money. Once I started making money, she was like, I was like, say it, mom. Go ahead, because I kept saying like, I was like, uh, look, uh, John Stamos is commenting and liking my videos. Your mother loves Stamos. She has no idea who he is. Okay. She went, who's John Stamos? I'm like, okay. And then I was like, mom, I'm on, I'm, I just danced at Madison Square Garden. What did they pay you? Okay, mom. Like, and then finally, once 
I I got like I was like, look, I'm gonna make this money working for this company. Do she's like, okay. I was like, say it. She's like, I was wrong. So you're saying you're making money dancing. You're not. I'm not exactly making money. I do make a little a little bit of money from TikTok, but what I do make money for it was people that like I'm very strategic because I don't want to. I'm not like. I don't want to whore out for everybody, but like if I believe in whatever they're doing or they have enough money, I'll whore out for a certain amount of money. <laughs> you know what I mean? You got it. So then they'll pay me a bunch of money to, and it's an easy sell, right? How much for a lap dance? Right here. Uh, wait, for you? <laughs> yeah, for Dan. Yeah, well, you own the club. So I'll do it for you. <laughs> Dan? Two grand. Uh, <laughs> Two grand. <laughs> Two grand. <laughs> I'm almost tempted. <laughs> are you, are you going to pay? You're going to buy me a lap dance, but I, I don't want one. That's that that that's not that wasn't in the equation. Right. <laughs> you have to sit there and take um, it for the show, Dan. Oh, Didn't you get hired to do some like crazy stadium? Yeah, I was at Madison Square Garden with uh, Fred Durst. Found me and and I and was sharing my videos and I was like, "Hey, is he the um, murderer? No, he's the he's no, the Fred lead Durst singer of Limp, Limp Bizkit. Bizkit. Isn't there a Durst who was a that's Willie Durst? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you know, there's um, I know you're talking about. Yeah, oh, okay. come on, Google. Um, well, so so you're, you so you, this is something, of course, you didn't anticipate, which is very often. Well, that's the whole thing, right? I wasn't doing it to further my career. I was doing it to help the the people that were sad, and also a lot of people during the pandemic on both sides were scared. So they hadn't, like, you know what I mean? So, but <laughs> is it help? Is, <laughs> is there, no, on both sides. I'm saying economically, people were because everything was shut down, and on the other people were, you know, the other people were. Scared. Is it helping your stand-up career at all? Is it, is yes, it because what it does is it gets them into my world. Oh, I didn't know you were stand-up. Oh, get on my email list okay. and people showing up to shows now. Because what I have noticed with TikTok, and as I always keep you in mind, because I, I, the stand-up shit for me, at least for now, is not really working. I, I, there, there are jokes that I have that kill on stage. I have one particular joke about picking up a chick at the gym. It not only does it kill every time, it kills in front of all different types of audiences. So I mean, it's like I figured this joke has to go viral on TikTok. It works every single time I do it. It works well. It works in front of different audiences, and it gets nothing on TikTok. <laughs> Even the joke that Louis went on a podcast and said, "Oh, one of my favorite jokes, Dan Natterman's joke about the sex education." So I posted that joke with Louis, the one you sent me. On my Instagram feed and on, and on TikTok, and it didn't get really much of a response. It got a response on the Comedy Cellar Instagram page because the Comedy Cellar has 100,000 plus. Yeah, but you got like 1,000 new followers. Yeah, from you. From you posting it on the Comedy Cellar. It doesn't stuff. matter. So, but then they followed you. Yes. But just posting it on my shit didn't really I, get any. So, so, so in other words, well, even jokes that, I, that are tested, battle-tested. Are not getting response on TikTok. Okay, so there's there's a number of issues with with TikTok and that. First of all, it is all dependent on what they decide to put on in the for you page. There's nothing to do with anything else. So they'll turn on the faucet. I'll have one video that will go eight and a half million, five point five million. There's no, there's not a lot. It has to be good, but it has to be a perfect storm. So they'll throw it out. They'll test it out to a X amount of people. If they engage from beginning to end, how long are these videos? Usually a minute or less. That's a lifetime for these. Have you ever seen, have you ever looked over the shoulder of someone who's scrolling on Instagram or TikTok? It's like this. <laughs> so they don't engage. You have to, like, it's nuts. Because you're up against, you know, everything. 
So maybe she started being wait, 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 wait. Yeah, like that. Like they try to do that. They're like, wait, wait, wait for it. Or oh, they do. But, yeah, wait, yeah, wait, the wait end. for it. Wait for it. It's a big thing on right. TikTok. So it's not. So you know, you have to detach from results. You have to go like, what makes sense? Like, why does it do better on Facebook versus Instagram versus TikTok? It doesn't make any sense. So if you can mentally say, I'm doing this for fun and because I like doing it and detach from results, that's the only way you can win. The other Dan stuff is all about about anything. Say what? Dan can't say that about no, anything. No, well, I, Dan I, can't I, masturbate for fun. Well, <laughs> I wonder how this is going to affect my socks. Um, <laughs> no, it, it is. It, it is. I do enjoy creating, and I enjoy. Um, yeah, I enjoy you know artistically um, progressing, but but one likes to see results as well. Right. So you already know that the joke is funny. So here's my question: mm-hmm. What are you doing it for? What's the point? To grow an audience. And why? Because you want to pack audiences? Well, yeah, to, to advance, you know, to perhaps... Okay, so there's, that's reasonable. Fill how a often small you, theater, I don't know. How, how often are you posting? Uh, uh, say three, uh, three or four posts a week. That's good. Okay, so I would say the person to look at is like Jeff Akiri. Mm-hmm. Because he's doing stand-up clips. He's doing I post Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 11, p- 11 a.m. on Instagram. That's what I'm doing. He has flashy titles. You have to have titles because a lot of people do not listen. They will only read it. And you have to post consistently for stand-up. Right. Mine, you mine mean, is When you dumb. say titles, you mean captioning. I mean captioning. Sorry. Yeah, oh, I do that. Captioning. Yeah, yeah. Right, but just for people listening. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, and, and the, you know, it's, it's a mental, because what happens is when your brain starts getting that dopamine from, oh my gosh, every time I open the app, it was over 99, it did people liking it. It's a dopamine thing. But it be, hits a certain level like a heroin addict. Mm-hmm. So you have to get to that certain number. So for me to get dopamine, it has to hit at least six figures. Mine are all over ten thousand each post, and it's nothing for me. It doesn't. It doesn't even move the needle. That's how I feel about money. Yeah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> well, no, but that's true. But when yeah. I was really broke, and then I, all of a sudden you're like, you, you want me to go to for how much? Which twenty years ago, fifteen years ago, when I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm retiring. <clears throat> now I'm like, are you kidding? I got a kid. You know. Well, it's like everything in the world. It's human nature. It's it's. Uh, Human nature is to get you. Look, the fact that we all have running water to somebody that doesn't, they must think we wake up every day singing, you know, happy days or whatever. I mean, we have more, we have better lives than the, the Roman emperor had, probably. You know, we have yeah, air, the fact that we that. have air conditioning and. Roman emperor had running water. He invented Did he? water. Okay. But you know what I'm saying. You get whatever level you're at, that's the level that becomes the norm. You're used to it. And it's not exciting anymore. It's not interesting. It's not fun. It's not fulfilling. So you need something. That's human nature. That's why we're a miserable species. Or, but here's, the di- here's, here's where I'll say the difference. I used to do all these videos to try to further my career. Mm-hmm. And then I did them because I liked doing them. I had fun with them. And that, that ebbs and flows. But if that's really at the bottom, I have to remember that, then that helps. Because then nothing, everything else is bonus. You have to almost trick your mind to do that. Because it's not in human nature. Especially as a comedian. Right? Oh, yeah, I guess so. Oh, definitely. All right. Well, um... This business has no business calling itself a business. Oh, well, that's <laughs> an old Natterman quote. That's an old Natterman quote. Does that, that must make you feel a little good. What's that? That he remembers uh, an old... Yeah, you know. Yeah. But, but again, you know, I'm... <laughs> you know how it is. We're... Did that help? The, did I move the needle at all? Well, I'm used to being respected by my peers. <laughs> and that's, so that, that, that's the base is, level for me. Right. Isn't that the most important thing? Wouldn't, isn't it like, don't you look at a TikToker who, let's say someone comes in the club and they're a TikToker, right? And you, and their jokes are garbage. What do you think? I mean, real, like how many, like flash pan, you know what I mean? Like, do we have any TikTokers that come in here that, 
if we did, I wouldn't name, name them. Names, name, names. <laughs> Rich Aronovich. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about Noam before you got here, I think, or maybe you were just coming in, that Noam is scouring the planet to try to get new comedians in here. And and the other day, he, he gave me a list of names of people. He said, what do you think? He what was the name of that impressionist you said? Oh, uh, Matt Friend. Matt Friend. Know you Matt know him? Friend. Yeah. Is he good? What do you, do you think? I'm, I, I have job security. You think I want to threaten that? He can't host. No, I'm kidding. Um, Does he host? Do I think he's good? I think he's a great impression. Listen, first of all, I would never suggest or not suggest somebody who isn't close. I think he's an amazing impressionist. Yeah, he's... I told him he opened for me, and I told him, I said... You have to get on the internet right now and do your impressions and don't stop. And it will take you a minute, but you're going to catch fire. And he did. He's just on Stern doing Stern. He, yeah, so this he's, sounds like he's you don't think he'd be good at the cellar. I, I don't. I didn't say that. Well, but you didn't. I, yeah, you didn't say it, but you had every opportunity to say otherwise, and you and you and you declined. Because I because I haven't <laughs> seen a stand up. I haven't seen a stand up for <laughs> years. I'm, I'm busting your balls. I heard that he's very good. I'm going to I'm going to try to contact him. I have his number. <clears throat> It's got six digits. <laughs> I have his number. <laughs> it's very strange. It's a it's a French number. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's very very young as well, so that I'm sure his future is bright. Whatever the near term. What I don't is, get I, is why a guy like that, who he had at the time that I, he does have good, I think he has some sort of agent or management. How is he not on SNL? He can do so many really good well, impressions. Yeah, there's a lot of look. There's a lot of good impressionists out there. And Kyle Donegan has, which, as you know, is an amazing, and is somebody that works here a lot, is a great impression. He's been a great impressionist for twenty years. But he's also done like original character. I, he I, never got on SNL. But so the, I, I don't know. I don't did understand. He get, did he get? I mean, I think he had auditions. I'm pretty sure back in the day. Like the point is, is SNL can only hire a few people a year or every, and they're not always looking for impressionists. So, like Tracy Morgan, I don't think is an impressionist, but they hired him. Pete Davidson's not an impressionist, and they hired him. No, very few people in SNL are impressionists, but uh, Daryl Impre- Hammond was. But. Yeah, they're, so they hired, they got like a couple impressionists and a couple of. God, Godfrey was Godfrey should have been in SNL. God, Godfrey may be the greatest impressionist I've ever seen. Yeah. Wow. Sure. And he does it without even trying. I mean, yeah. Elon he, Gold is a great impressionist. No, 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 God, no one touches. I agree with you. Godfrey is, you know, it, it's he is unbelievable. Because you can ask Godfrey, do this person, somebody he's never done before. Yeah. He'll picture it in his mind, and he will do a top 5% impression of it. Right. Where, like, Daryl Hammond, who's a great impression, he would talk about working on a character for weeks and weeks in front of a mirror, recording, like, like Godfrey. Frank Caliendo was never on SNL. I mean, he was on Mad TV, but he was never on SNL. That's another example. So, I mean, so the point is, is that, you know, there's a lot of impressionists. They only hire however many they hire. Uh, a year, or but there's so also other they, there's, people that aren't going to get on. But That's there's a, also now other factors that have dictated their hiring. For example, they are now trying to satisfy the need for uh, casting in that we need an Asian person. Whoa, 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 a, whoa, whoa, whoa! Oh, I'm is, sorry, this is a non-political episode. It's not political. It's just fact. They they had some pushback, and then the next hires were all like, you know, this was the gay Asian guy. I forgot his name because I'm I, I have no brain cells. Left. Owen Yang or something. Like that? Yeah, yeah. He, they and they they did it like sort of like all of a sudden it was a very um, multicultural casting. That's just the way casting is done right now. I thought no, they would. I thought they just hire the best people. No, they do. Well, in my opinion, I'm, 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 in my opinion, <laughs> in my opinion, they they reacted to an article that came out, and that next round of hiring was specific to that. Are you telling me? 
that they would be casting for a show and would not hire the best people for the show? I feel like you're I being sarcastic. I think Nauman's being sarcastic. I think. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. I think he's being that sarcastic. That can't be good for business. No. no I'm, and, and their ratings stay the same? Their ratings, but no, you tell me. Hold on a second. And it's rating, an institution. I don't and think their ratings matters. are good this, 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 this season? I haven't watched it for Let's look up time. their ratings this season. Go ahead. Go ahead, Dad. No, now you're in a similar position. You hire comedians. You do, and don't you hire some comedians based on we need a we need a female. We need a you know this. We need a, we don't need any more Jews. But we need is Matt Friend a Jew? Get him out. Yeah. I think <laughs> we need an impression you know what I'm saying? No, we don't do that. You don't? Well, but no, um if you I I, I know you say you don't, and, and I, I, I believe in a way that you don't, but I also believe that if all your high if everybody was a white guy working here, you would make a little bit of an extra effort to try to diversify a little bit because you know that the audience wants to see diversity. And you want to please I the audience. I think there's something fair to saying there's, you know, you want to have different perspectives and different things. Right. You, right. And, yes. And, and it's fun. Zarna is not only is she, is she good on her own right, but it's fun to hear from an Indian woman's perspective, not just because it's funny, but because... I haven't heard that before. So when I hear right, it's a different it's sort something of di- in and of itself. That's something else. But but that yes, but that that means that diversity can be in certain situations a a, a an advantage in and of itself. If if Zarna's going on and she's killing, which she does, mm-hmm. killing, then but, but there's, but there's more then, there's no, then there's nothing else to talk about. No, but there's, that, there is something correct. to talk no, about. Then because no re- the audience is not only laughing. But they're enjoying no, but, the different point of but view. But how could you suspect that I hired her? I don't she's suspect Indian. that. I suspect that when no, she's killing. I don't think no, that's no. what he's saying. I, I think what, what he's saying, saying it's saying a bonus. It's a bonus she, that she has a different perspective. And, and, she's female. She's Jocelyn, Indian. She's middle aged. She is a bonus. Not middle aged, but she's and you know, Jim it, Norton, even though he's a white not, male, now that he's trans. But he's but he's a trans. The fact that Jim Norton's up there trans talking lover. about trans women. Tra- trans, a trans, I don't mean lover, girlfriend. Like, a, a trans, like a lover, lover, like a, a transophile, yeah. Mr. Lover, lover. Yeah. The yeah. fact that he's doing that, the fact that Keith Robinson is talking about ha- having a, st- I mean, all these different points of view. So I don't have to hear yet another joke about my kids or the airlines, whatever. Well, I'm gonna tell you, Dan, it's is a bonus. And- I'm gonna answer you. Okay. Diversity is a beautiful thing, very American thing. And very uh, um, sentimentally satisfying when it happens naturally. It's it's uh, you know it makes you very patriotic to to look out on a, a situation and see people of all different stripes of life all in the same undertaking together, uh, all there because they naturally congregated based on their talent and ability. That kind of diversity is very very beautiful, mm-hmm. and I, I like to think that's the, that's the diversity which we represent here. There's another kind of diversity which, which you see all the time, where the uh, where it's where it's glaringly obvious what's going on, and that the diversity is a pretense for you know uh, uh, corporate hiring in order to you know preempt and, and and inoculate themselves with certain criticisms or whatever it is, and once you know that that's the story behind it, in my opinion, it's no longer beautiful. Uh, in other words, if there's two people who are equally talented and you pick the one that's quote-unquote diverse, fine. Well, there's never two people who are equally talented. You always have a think one person is better than the other, but I'm saying, you know, it's like I play music. I have my bands of it, black, white, blah, blah, blah. It, it's never... In music, nobody ever 
hires anybody right. for their but race. That's, that's different. That's different. And 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 musicians are uh, music is very diverse. But that's different from comedy, where the very fact that Zarna is Indian, that Choslin is Asian. Uh, plays a role in the kind of comedy that they're doing, so that I, as an audience member, okay, it's I've heard same thing in music. I've heard, I've heard comic, I've heard comic A talking about whatever they're talking about, but it's fun to hear somebody talk about something different. So there's a little something. But right. I don't so, think it's fun unless that person. Yeah, the person's got to be good. Amazing, right? The person's got to be good, right? But the so that's number it's one. It's not like it's I'm not. Just, like, I'm just making a point. Like if, if you come to a playground and see. Beautiful children. Mm-hmm. You say, "Wow, there's a lot of beautiful children." That's look how beautiful this is. No, I'm left to go to playgrounds. But if you know, children. and I don't mean, if you come to the playground and you know that the Nazis have filled the playground with beautiful children, you say, "Oh my God, this is something. This is a little." I'm not comparing anything to Nazis, but, but just like, like once, you, if you know that it didn't happen naturally, then if you start to think about it, to me, it's kind of a turnoff because it's, it's, it's almost the opposite. It's like you haven't accomplished anything, actually. You haven't, you haven't, you haven't fixed society. But the audience... You, you've, you've just manipulated a cosmetic picture of something. And actually, over the long term, you're actually turning people against it because yes. we all know that people made snide remarks about this. The most liberal people I know made sn- make snide remarks about this stuff all the time. I think, listen, I think the, I market, the market for, like, I have, you know, uh, the market for a long time, for if you were black, you're... Auditions were homeless man number two, prisoner number three. And eventually they went, wait a minute, there's more representation that needs to happen. I think the market overcorrected. Well, and, now, and now we're going, oh, we have to put in someone who's black and Asian well, and let me ask you a question, Filipino let's, let's, and let's, let's, let's pull all together. Scandinavian. What if the TikTok algorithm mm-hmm. gave special pushes to uh, videos of color? Hold on, I'll, I'll answer that because I was doing I well. Am. I was doing a great thing, and I was doing impressions, and I would look it up, and I fooled the algorithm to think that I was like super. I don't really, I'm not really political, but I was looking for speeches and stuff. So all of a sudden, I was getting a mass amount of conservative emails, and you know about my guns. I don't have guns. What is this? And white lives matter. What is this? So what the algorithm did is it went, oh, this is this is a mark, and they started sending me stuff. So the algorithm absolutely does try to do uh, bias based on what they think you're into. Well, that's on, a, that's on uh, a, a subject matter, but I'm saying like... But, but no, but, but, but looking up Trump does not mean I have uh, guns, but the algorithm assumed I did. No, you no. see what I'm saying? Yeah, but I'm just saying like that if, if they amplify certain things not based on what they... Like you said, they, 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 they sample test it and, if it, and if, if it shows engagement, then they amplify it, right? Well, no, I, I uncorrected it because I started looking up the other so I would completely mix I, it not, up. So I was like, you know, I scrambled it. I'm not, I'm not sure Noam gets what I'm saying. I, I, I'm not sure you get what I'm saying. I get what you're saying. Look, if, if we're hiring lawyers and, and, and race doesn't enter into the equation, but we're, we're talking about show business where different points of view are a variety of perspectives in comedy is a good, intrinsic, positive thing. I think, yeah. I think you what, know what you, Noam's I, saying is they yeah, have but, to be good first. But that's what he was to saying. Be, he was saying that SNL is hiring people based on... I didn't say they're hiring based on... I said that the next round of hires definitely reacted to criticism. But I'm you not also saying implied it was based that, they, on, that they weren't that good. But, but then we were talking about... I didn't about say they weren't your, that good. But then we were talking, I, I said I never... I said I never watched it, so how then, could I know? Then I we were talking about your hiring or your comedian hiring practices, and you said you don't look at race, color, or creed. And I think... I don't know if that. I, I think you, you you might want to because I think the audience wants. But variety. hold on, it's naturally the already audience, there. They have diverse they have shows. It, I know, but I'm saying the audience and the audience benefits from that because 
The audience wants uh, wants to see different points of view. The audience, if the audience likes it, they like it. That's how we just we we audition the, the, people. The audience likes them, they they like them. If they don't like them, they don't but, like them. But they're, they're not. I'm not going to say they don't like them, but you know they're they're, they're not, Chinese, but, so but I'm going to put them on it's anyway. Not, it's not in a vacuum that they like or don't. They might love uh, comedians, but they don't want them all on the same show if they're all going to be talking about similar things, even if they're all great comedians. Yes. you have to look at the show as 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 a whole and to see not just if each comedian is great, but if each comedian. Is, is great working. So, so are you together. saying I can say to SD, you know, SD, I think there's too many black people on this show. Oh, you can't say that. <laughs> that's what you're saying. Can you uh, say there's too many white people on the show? <laughs> well, that's, he's saying that, but I'm saying, well, it's like, okay, well, how far, where do, where do we draw the line here? Could it, I mean, look, there's another club that does. All I can say about the comedy show, I'll let you finish, is that okay. it, it all seems to be working out fine. Our shows are very, very diverse. We have gay people, trans people, black, white. We have everything on yeah, these yeah. shows. And, you don't uh, have enough Filipinos. Not enough Filipinos. And, um, you know, al- although from time to time we do get a complaint, there's uh, not enough women. So sometimes just not enough women around. Um, sometimes there's plenty. But, you know, the people who saw the show that had, like, only one woman, they don't know that the previous show might have had three women, whatever. That's, that's, we get that complaint from, from time to time. But what can we do about it? We, we, we put on, uh, yeah, I, you I, know. I think that's, I mean, that's, the other thing is, like, people that want to be upset will be upset. Well, what's interesting is that, there's a lot of people out there, like Periel, and and they, they they really think like, this dude must hate women. Like I didn't see enough women on. I only show. think that because I know you. Yeah. I didn't see enough women <laughs> on that show, and it's just clear to me that he these these uh, misogynistic club owners, right. are, they have some woman that she would kill, but they're not putting her on because they hate women. It's so. Like I think do, who, they who really that? think that who, that happens. Who's who says that? No, I'm saying that's that's the that's, and what the fuck is that like, Periel? Because that's that's the implied. Because you would believe that about because you're people. a woman, <laughs> so you got to be thinking that. Uh, because if you if you heard that women are underrepresented in I don't know f- flipping burgers or whatever it is, you would be very e- easily convinced. Oh, there must be some misogyny going on there. But but like anybody else, but when you actually are in the industry and you realize. Oh, you know, I can't really explain what's going on, but there's but just it's, there's just not the same number of women around. So can I you, can I say something? It, it's yeah. okay. So when Jessica Kirsten did her documentary, it was eye opening for me in that. Yeah. About a hundred percent of them had been sexually assaulted, right? Which I never would have thought of that. Hundred percent of women of, women of women comedians. Yeah, yeah. At some point, That's, some it's, creepy it's, comedian. It's unbelievable. Unbelievably. Yeah, yeah. So well, I, they, I, they must be asking for it. No, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying as a perspective from someone who's not uh, well versed in the art of sexual harassment and, and assault, it was completely <laughs> like shocking to me. So I couldn't have that perspective because I am not a female comedian. But then it it sort of shined a light on it, which are going, oh wow, that must really suck. Or like, I don't know what it's like to be totally petrified to take the subway past 10, you know, a certain time. Hold up, hold up. I'm not saying that there's not issues about the way females are treated in the industry. Far be it from that. I'm I'm sure there are. I'm just saying that when people think that I or we as booking the comedy seller show Mm-hmm. Are somehow implicated in all that. Saying we are choosing the best show from the people we have. That that uh, <clears throat> what's happening to women? Your Booker's a woman. I mean, you know, it's crazy. Woman, my wife's a woman. Yeah, you well, you can say that now. She you used to be that with you. you can't. She yeah. identifies. As a woman. Yeah. Hey, women, my wife's a woman. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, but, but but sometimes people weaponize like like. What do you mean by wait a second? Some people will weaponize these things. Like what happened to Aziz? I thought someone weaponized it and used it against him. Where there's legitimate Me Too issues, this person went. He didn't and didn't and it seemed like it was weaponized against him. I, That's I, the problem. So I, you, you, I do it, suspect. It makes, it I, I do suspect. And I, I do suspect. We talked about this before. I don't know if I get in trouble. I suspect that stand-up comedy is a little different than other aspects of uh, show business that women getting involved in. And I and I suspect it for this very, 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 very simplistic reason, which might actually be legit, which is that growing up, how often was the class clown a woman? Correct. I think there is something about stand-up comedy, which at a very early age, yes. it, it may change to get older, it is the kind of thing which the boys just do. Yeah, it's that's different than being funny. Right, it's different than writing funny. It's different than all sorts of other things that 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 because people people I think wrongly think that the the key factor of stand up comedy is the sense of humor. It is not. It's this urge to be the clown on stage that really is. I know so many funny people, funnier than most of the comics I know. They have no interest in being stand up comics. It is, and they might not even be good at it. There's the, and but you hear over and over that these stand-up comedy, they were the class clowns in school. Well, but I would argue the that funny that actually is rooted in patriarchy because girls are not supposed to act like that. Maybe, it is maybe, really maybe. frowned upon, or it was. I mean, perhaps that's changing. I think there's a component of that. There might also be a component of just the male desire to be front and center. To, no, I don't. To um, I mean, listen. No, we're su- we're supposed to be. Ariel is only willing to believe bad things about men. She will never believe anything. About, there's n- she will not. My believe husband about women. is a man. <laughs> if you <laughs> say week. that, if you say that, men, you know, little it's boys, toxic guys, little little boys are it's difficult. Bullshit! Stop! Really, it's ridiculous what you're saying. That's I, not I, true, I, and I, you know it's not true. What's well, not true? That I only want to believe bad things about men. Okay, it's but Carol, we 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 we, we have little point. boys and little girls we've hung out with together. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it painfully obvious the little boys are just different than the little girls? Most of the time, yes. Well, most of the time is enough to create a disparity. Not 100% of the but time. But, like, you know, you're. If it's only 60 40, then all of a sudden you'd see a disparity. Okay, but, well, but what about women in tech, for example? I think that your argument doesn't hold for something wait, wait. like that because we, we've. I'm not se- talking about tech. Oh, I'm about. just using that as an example. I don't know about tech. What is that? Te- well, that women have been historically. I extremely underrepresented and it's not for lack of intelligence or ability. I, I don't know what the reason is, it may, but maybe it's for lack of interest. I don't know. Here's a question. No, nobody's, nobody's, nobody's refusing to let them major in whatever they want to major in. Good. So like if you look at, let's say desirability, right? The number one thing, a lot, a lot of women say, I want a funny guy. How many guys say I want a funny girl? Very few. Very few, With right? big tits. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. A great ass and a sense of humor. Yeah. Very few. So, I think so, David Tell has a joke. Huh? Yeah. So there's there's <coughs> there's uh, something to the idea that, listen, it, it was for years the conditioning was hide behind the fan, be meek, do the thing. Now, have, have things changed? Tremendously. I'm doing stuff as a father my father never did. Like never. What? Like what? Changing diapers, feeding my kid. <laughs> my dad was working. Hello, son. Kiss. Uh, Good night. I wouldn't blame kiss. society. I, well, you got a kiss. You, you just had a you, shitty dad. Okay, well. <laughs> my no, father what? changed my diapers. 
No, you, come on, Noam. You know that, 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 that parental roles have changed over the... I mean, it used to be the men didn't even go into the delivery room. Delivery room. You know what? That should come back. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Going into the delivery room is nothing... But, uh, but what I'm saying is that there is... I, I was celebrated as the class clown, and uh, my sister, who was, equ- I think, as funny, as was 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 shunned and was told no that's bad and and people didn't react to her they didn't celebrate oh, her in the same that's way that's what Perry said and that's saying that that is a is not necessarily um a I, genetic I, I, component I, I, I think that's a a look all, all so of this is I'm sure there is, I'm sure there is components from a societal point of view that, but I I don't rule out just intrin- the intrinsic male desire to but I'm saying like to, we, to we've had class. years I, I we're way ahead hold, 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 we're hold. way ahead because we've had years of that celebrating and only till recently have we seen okay now all of a sudden there's an uptick in female but comedy. but but as a kid some of the great female sketch artists like Kyle Burnett and Lucille Ball yeah, you can name Phil, them on one hand but these were no, titanic these were dominating yeah, yeah yeah sure Lucille Ball uh-huh well Lucille Phyllis Ball Phyllis Diller keep going Lucille Ball at that time was there the any, was there anybody else in in the sitcom world at her level? In other words, she was like number one. So it wasn't just that she was well, a was, token; she was number well, one. Some of the great comic actresses have been women, for sure. Absolutely, many of them, uh, for but sure. All, all I'm saying, all the all this stuff is interesting. Some of it is is not yet known. It, as Dan said, it could be partially uh, a disposition. It could also be partially societal holding people back. I don't think. I think it's ridiculous to think that that. That you know, men and women are exactly the same. I think clearly they're not. But having said all that, all I'm trying to say is that from the point of view of the guy who owns the comedy cellar, everything we're discussing now has happened 25 years ago to the people who are now of age to be comedians at the comedy cellar. Do you feel like there's more? And I can't change that now. Right. But do you feel like how long has the comedy cellar been around? 83. 82. Okay, so do you feel like there's more female comics now than in the beginning? You know, there were a lot of female comics back then. Um, I don't know. I Or black comedians or Asian comedians. The one thing that's for sure well, or Zarna. Asian, we have two Asian comedians now, so it's doubled. The one thing <laughs> that's for sure the one thing that's for sure is that comedians are older. Can we comedians can, are older. There's more Asian comedians. There's more. It was only. There really was only one Asian comedian back. Phil Knee. I don't know if you've heard. There's of Margaret Cho. Margaret Cho. Uh, Margaret. No, this is before even Margaret Cho. Um, there was Phil Knee, Henry Cho. There, there were no. I don't think East uh, East Indian comedians. No East Indian comedians. So America, but obviously it's changed as America's changed. America used to be ninety percent white, and now, right. and now it's you know much less white. So of course that's changed. So in other words, that's not. So that was the That was the representation. In, in, but, you know, but, but but the people will will make the very bad comparison of saying, "Well, back in the '80s, there was only this. It was this percentage white, and now, so we must." That's must, really yeah. It's not really fair because there wasn't that many comedians. That's not no, yeah. but that's not necessarily progress because it might be just as representative of the demographics now as it was then. Has has the American? You understand my point? Has the population yeah. shifted that greatly since in, the enorm- '80s? Enormously, yeah, enormously. So, and especially in New York, I mean, um, but anyway, <clears throat> well, that's about it. I mean, I just think that, uh, the point is Matt friends not getting in. That's <laughs> the point. Well, take a look at Matt. He's a not, he's a good guy and he's a great no, impression. Um, on a somewhat related note, I don't know if you want to talk about, uh, San Francisco and reparations. Sure. 
Well, apparently San Francisco, you might not might know more about this than me, but apparently San Francisco is considering, a, I can't imagine it would ever happen in a trillion years, but they set up a committee to, to, talk, to uh, investigate the possibility of reparations for San Francisco residents. Well, uh, and to the tune of five million per person, if they qualify, and have to live, in, have to live in San Francisco for thirteen years. But it's also and give them a certain amount of income for two hundred and fifty years. I mean, first of all, it's it's not it's a it's the first draft by some committee. Yeah, I don't know who's on the committee. Uh, and to what extent? I, I don't know, but I'm sure there's a lot of Jews for, black, for blacks for, for blacks in San Francisco. Yeah, and and the number they came up with was five million a person, which obviously is not going to happen, but. But, uh, you know, for anybody, they got to be like a resident of San Francisco, a descendant of slaves, whatever the criteria are. Um, San Francisco, did California have slaves? No, but they have descendants of slaves. I see. But why would California play the pay? Well, the- there's a list of criteria and it says you got to, you got to, you got to. Uh, no, I'm saying that the guilty party pays the reparations. The United States of America is a guilty party here in this story. And various state governments that had Jim Crow are guilty parties. The state of California is paying reparations. The very word means that they're they're making amends for something they've done. What did California do that they're paying reparations? Well, they, for? they didn't have slaves. They didn't have slaves, but they did have apparently certain policies in effect. I guess. Uh, so then, why would it have to be descendants of slaves? Well, that's one of the criteria that they're you that they're using in the draft resolution. Which it doesn't really make I think sense. Part of it is they have to hire a certain amount of people to SNL. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. Dan, I think I'm bitter. Dan, I would never Dan got like never that. got my audition. I think. Um, but yeah, so a lot of things are never going to happen. There was another thing. Uh, what were we just seeing? But news? on principle, I mean, five million is a pretty high number. But oh, Sh- Sheila Jackson Lee just proposed a uh, bill in Congress that would create a new crime of conspiracy to commit white uh, white supremacy or something like that. But the definition was astounding. It would be that if you are planning to commit a, you know, a hate crime and you happen to read something that somebody tweeted, which can be construed as supporting of a replacement theory or, or some, some kind of thing, the person who wrote the tweet will now be guilty of a crime if someone else read it and committed a hate crime okay. and and said that somehow they were that they were inspired by what you wrote, I mean, this is as old as pornography causes rape, or well, it may, you know, it may well, or, 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 or video games <laughs> video games cause violence. Well, but it's, worth that. It's, it's a free country, and and one of the bedrock principles has been that you can think and write whatever you want. We, as a matter of fact, it wasn't that long ago. It's related when the the. The state of the art of liberal thought was like the Nazis have rights. They should be able to march. They can, the Absolutely. Nazis can do whatever they want, right? Well, you can't yell fire in a – so it's, it's free speech to an extent. You can't incite violence. You can't incite or, violence. So yeah. maybe that, that, that's what it speaks to. Now, the yeah. Nazis do have absolutely a right to march. I don't like it, but they do have a right to march. Yeah, and people have a right to it's, – it's a ridiculously anti-constitutional law. And black people have a right to February. Anyway. It okay. violates constitution, but just, but just this. And by the way, what's interesting is that, on top of the ridiculousness of it, and the top of the, the ridiculousness of trying to define, you know, how many conservatives or Republicans are accused every day of being, you know, white supremacy adjacent or uh, or um, uh, Tucker Carlson is spouting out replacement theory, and and quite often they are. But 
this is not a crime. But on top of that, she didn't even have the the uh, I don't know what the word is the sophistication to write a bill which would make this a crime no matter which group was targeted. In other words, anybody who commits a hate crime and can then point to somebody who wrote something hateful. Uh, it, no, it's it's only if somebody commits an anti-person uh, of color or black crime and can be pointed to white supremacy. So presumably if a black person read some uh, uh, black Israelite spouting off about how the Nazis are great or whatever it is, and that black person then killed a Jew, that would not be the, a crime. That the, the, the law wouldn't apply to that identical is situation. It, is, there, is, there, is this... This is a bill somebody proposed. Sheila Jackson Lee proposed it in but, Congress. I mean, how likely is it that this zero, will, zero, zero? But the reparations thing—it looks like some variation of it could happen. I don't think it's going to be five million a pop, but it, it does look like they're very serious about reparations in San Francisco. You know, on on the subject of reparations, which uh, you know, you can make there. I think you can make the case for certain living people who lived during Jim Crow that. They're entitled to reparations. Having said that, you could just imagine it. Like if the United States wrote a check for $500,000 to everybody black. And I think they, we could maybe afford that. We, we didn't do probably much less than that during COVID in terms of writing a check to everybody for, you know, for, to 300 million people. I, I don't know. I don't know the math. But like, just, let's just say, wouldn't you expect things to get much worse. Like people would just be like, you got your money. I don't want to hear any more out of you. You got reparations, right? We'll hope it's even Steven, leave us alone with your, like, it, I think it would really I think be bad for race relations and cause tremendous resentment. That's not to say they don't deserve it. I do deserve it. I mean, that's a whole other debate. I'm just saying the, the consequence of writing, of making one segment of the population rich would is not has not been sufficiently thought through. There, there is a psychological reaction that's going to happen to something like that, and it's not going to be pretty. That's just my opinion. Well, I, it's not enough to say it of, should be or shouldn't be. I'm just saying. I mean, it a is. lot of people are already saying we've had enough. We don't want to hear any more from you. So, so I mean, this is. I, I don't know if that would, you know, <laughs> what, what impact that would have. Oh, big, very big, in my opinion. Look, I can't speak for another perspective, like I was saying before about being a female comedian. I can't speak for the perspective of what it's like. You know, all I can see, the little micro doses of, oh, I was, you know, hanging out with Dean Edwards and I, we saw this guy muttering the N-word under his breath like it was 1940 or 50 and it was insane to me. And then Dean and I talked about... Was he a homeless guy? Or? No, no. It was just a, a normal. We were on a sh- uh, a cruise together because God hates me, and we were, uh, and he, we were having. And and if you don't know, Dean is one of the most lovely human beings on the planet. Absolutely, just a gorgeous human being in every way. And we're just talking, and he does he's a mean Denzel impression. But even and if he, he, even if he wasn't a decent human being, he's still even still. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just you know, it, it wasn't like I kind of didn't, didn't like that disclaimer. But go ahead. No, no. In other words, it wasn't like. There was a there there. It was simply the color of his skin. There was not a. There wasn't a. He's being. Um, he's acting in a way that could be construed as anything other than we're sitting there and he's just having a nice meal. 
and this guy's muttering the N word. yelling and screaming. He wasn't playing loud. This was a whatever the complaints are. Passenger, passenger. But must have been Carnival Cruise. No, it was. I won't say it, but it rhymes with for region. Anyway, so we, so we, we started talking about it because I grew up where David Duke got elected, the former Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan, and I knew if I heard a thick. New Orleans accent, at some point, I would hear the N-word. I would, like, count the seconds before I'd hear it. Like, real, real racism. Like, like, like I, you know, real racism. And he told me he gets pulled over, he has to have his keys outside his, and his hands on there, and he has a uh, sit-down with his daughters on how to behave and how to act. I have no perspective on that. That never crossed my mind. All I'm trying to do is get out of a ticket. He is literally afraid for his life. And I'm not saying that's all cops, and I'm not saying that's all, but that is a reality of our, our so I can't speak to what it's like, how, how there has been, you know, there has been uh, systematic, but it's not, it's the, my issue is it goes to black people. There's also been, uh, the Italian immigrants have a story, the Irish immigrants have a story, Native Americans have a story, Chinese people, have a, everybody has a story. So to your point of well, what what does this do? Because well, they were giving them five hundred. Well, what about the Native Americans? Casinos aren't enough. We got to give them some. What about um? What about my grandparents? No, 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 no. no. You know what I Your mean? Grandparents don't get anything. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> no, you know what's you, you can't uh, Native Americans. Maybe you can compare. I mean, you obviously Native Americans have their own. Of course, you can compare. It's just different. But but other immigrants don't have Holocaust survivors. We got Israel. Let's move on. No, uh, America took. Black people as slaves. Correct. Ripped them out of tribes. But, but well, I, no, I shouldn't say that because actually, America, America took some, but mostly America didn't take the slaves. America kept the slaves, but, but it, the slaves were here before America's founding. You know, um, but whatever it is, America but, had slavery. But even more, maybe uh, cul- culpably, America maintained Jim Crow into the modern era. You know, there was segregation in the six. My our grandparents' age have segregation in the sixties. Right, but but what I'm saying is that when America had slavery, it was the norm of the world, and there there is something that is you know somewhat true about the argument is saying that it's difficult to pretend that America has some unique history when it comes to. It's you know attitudes about slavery in the 1600s, 1700s, because this was the way the world works. But by 1950, and America's having black people ride on the back of the bus and in shitty schools and and different water fountains and and all that. Um, at that point, and and all the laws are uh, enforcing it, and we've already fought a civil war. I I think that I'm not saying it it's. It hurt more than slavery, but I'm saying there's, it's a little, it's in a way more outrageous. It's a, in a way you would say, you know what? I don't know if George Washington should be paying reparations, but you motherfuckers in 1950, you probably should be paying reparations. It's much closer in time. Most, a lot of you are still alive. The people you did it to are still alive, or, or you know, one generation removed. We're not going back hundreds of years, and you knew better. You can't hide behind the, the things that that people were hiding behind in the in the 1700s and the early 1800s. So anyway, so America's history vis-a-vis Jim Crow in a certain way is even worse to me than slavery without saying that Jim Crow was worse than being a slave. I'm just saying in terms of what what they did Mm -hmm. and what the excuses would be. Anyway, so yeah, I I think it's a strong argument for for a a 70-year-old person or 80-year-old person who was... Well, what about an 80-year-old person's legal heirs? 
So uh, now you're I, getting into people that are much younger. Yeah, that, that's more that's more complex. I don't know. I mean, it's hard. I, I never thought the arguments about reparations were ridiculous, even when I was a young kid. They're they're challenging. They're challenging arguments. I mean, it, it, it's very hard because we're three white dudes talking. About no, it's not a matter of that. It's a ma- there's, there's, it, it's a matter of it's, logical arguments. I'm just, I, I agree with you. I'm just saying perspective wise. I grew well, up with certain privilege that my that black people did not grow up with. Yeah, but that's not that's not an argument for reparations. Well, yes, but there is uh, there is something to be said that you know there is a system that is is tilted in my favor. For sure. Well, the, is it tilted in your favor now? You started out by saying that it's tilted against you because I didn't say it's tilted against. I didn't say it's tilted against me. I think you're reading. I said. I said they reacted. I said they reacted to. Uh, I said the market you, corrected itself. Do you think it's tilted against white uh, male comedians right now? I don't think it's. Uh, Why are you blinking? I think, I, because I'm, it's <laughs> it's a complicated subject. Because is on one yes hand, you think it's tilted or not? Do I think it's uh, good to be a every, white? Every comedian I speak to tells me it's tilted against them now. Yeah, every every I, white comedian. I don't think it's great to be uh, a we white had, guy. We, right we now. had a comedian on uh, two weeks ago. So he's Tyler, actually, he has a lawsuit because his age, his age. I don't want to say them. Right. Age, oh, but he said it on the show. <laughs> who? Who? He his, said it on the show. T- Tyler Fisher. His agent, or somebody he was speaking to, uh, he, he said it to him. It was his agent? Said that they're not. They're not hiring. Told they're not hiring any white comedians. Yeah, we now. hear it all all the time. And then he says, "Would you repeat? He recorded. Would you repeat that?" And he recorded him saying it. Now is a lawsuit going on. So that you know, and you hear, and you said you hear it all the time. Remind me not to talk to Tyler. So now you say we hear it all the time. So now is it tilted against you? I like I said, I think the market corrected it, overcorrected itself, and I think it will balance out. Right. I think right now it's it's not great to be, it's not great to be. It's, it, yeah, I, I don't you know I don't know. I, it doesn't. Listen, I've been to, I've been I was hear certain things that are going. Hey, listen, uh, we need we're looking for diversity. Yeah, and I'm going. Well, wait a minute. I I'm being lumped into something I'm not. I'm a I'm an I'm technically an immigrant who grew up in the South. I'm Jewish and with Holocaust survivors. Does that is that not diverse? That's not diverse. Well, now we're now I'm we're making white. it a broad. Yeah, I'm looked at as white. That's but not, you are white. You're not white. Well, I, I I'm like I said, I'm not. But, I'm but, not but January six white. If he if he <laughs> if he came in here and his instead of Richard Aronovich, his name were. Uh, Muhammad El Shabazz, and he looked exactly this, or Muhammad, uh, whatever. If he was an Arabic, if he was Lebanese, yeah, would you still say he was white? And he looked the same because there are people from to his face. <laughs> I mean, look, I've, I, I, I could play Greek, <laughs> Italian, Arabic, Israeli, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I have enough melanin and darkness. Plus, yeah, this, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. right? You're right. You're right. Um. Anyway. Um. But the thing is, you know, the, the bigger the, the the thing that I find difficult is I go, it it does create resentment when you're told you something I can't help, which is my skin color, or my age, you know, I can't that that I cannot help, and I feel resentful when I'm told we can't hire you based on your skin color, your age. Now I said again, I understand the correction of the market because there was underrepresentation for so many years, but I think it'll balance out. I think eventually people will get kind of like. No, we want we want a meritocracy, like and, and it will naturally become meritocracy. Meritocracy, thank you. It will naturally become diverse. I like meristocracy. I like meristocracy. I like speaking rich. Right. I think it'll like you said. Just like your shows have become naturally diverse based on 
the way the well, way our, that our shows are actually always diverse. But let me ask you That's what question. I'm saying. It wasn't you weren't hiring based on we need where some clubs literally have casting. We need to have a female, we need to have a person of color, and we need to have a, a some, you know, that that sort of thing. I would say that there's a tremendous amount of laughter in shale to go back to our earlier things. There's a tremendous amount of laughter on if for somebody who writes the first comedy routine just skewering maybe it's been done already this diversity that we see in commercials now like the like we we've, we've all seen it right like the the way they cast commercials mm-hmm. for industries that look actually nothing like the way they present the commercial it's it's astonishing right mm-hmm. and um like this is this is not lost on anybody i'll tell you a funny story just sort of related my daughter you know what i shouldn't even tell the story never mind go ahead never mind Please. My daughter says something very, like, very sophisticated. Well, now we'd like to yeah, hear it. Why, I mean, you, you, not, you, you, why are we you, censoring ourselves? Don't, uh, don't wet our appetites and not. She give said, a- um, her her teacher for some reason keeps vetoing various books she wants to read. She's been reading like the novels that are au pair reads. I, I suppose they're like romance novels. I, I don't know. I, I maybe I should care more about what she reads, but I know I nobody cared what I read when I was in sixth grade. So, I mean, she... I didn't read when I was in. I mean, who? What like what what kind of books like those? I don't know. Maybe there's sex in them. I don't know. I mean, she's in sixth grade. She's there's for sure sex in them. Yeah, but I mean, she she's she's gonna be twelve. Is too young to read about sex? I don't. Know. I I mean, I don't know if she is or she isn't. But there's for well, the sure. diary of Anne Frank. I think has some sexual stuff. I, I don't. I don't. I, they I, cut I, they they cut that back in. It had been. But anyway, so so she's complaining about the teacher, like just not letting her read those books now that, and she's like, well, maybe I should suggest a trans book. Because <laughs> like then she then the t- she's like she had two is that like if, if she if she implies in any way that she's having questions about trans or her sexuality or whatever it is then the teacher would be like caught like in a deer in headlights wouldn't would be afraid to tell her that she can't read it and I said well this is this is a wonderful example of the of the uh, backlash that's already beginning to to happen that these 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 little kids. They see what's going on. They see how I mean, everybody's catering to a certain thing. They, they they get they see what happens when they mention a certain subject. Everybody kind of gets yeah, scared about it. For, so she's like, maybe I should just maybe I should just read a trans book. Then she'll then she'll have no choice. Let me read it. It's hilarious. I mean, that, is in, to, that is interesting. Yeah. To go back to something you were saying before, th- th- what bothers me about this whole trend is that I am not allowed to do certain characters because I'm not. I had a Jessica and I were doing this funny character, but the person who called me about unemployment insurance and and they happen to be Indian and there's not one joke about their race so they just have an accent and I had you know I had the uh, the guys I laughed but then I realized that I shouldn't be laughing and I go you can't get buyer's remorse you laughed that's it there's no more you know, discussion I, and the fact that I'm not a, like where I why shouldn't you be laughing no, you, oh, he, he was funny. He, he, he said it was funny, but oh, then he later thought about it. He went, "Well, actually, that's kind of race." I'm like, "Why is it racist? Because I have the ability to do an accent." What, what, what? What's racist about it? I don't understand. Well, you made. I said they're the head of the department. They're the highest status. There's not one ethnic joke in there. They're just impatient. You sure you're not January sixth white? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know when I you meant, you meant like 11:59 January fifth yeah, yeah. you know, white. No, but like, but then the idea, like, and then I was on. I was talking to a guy. He said, he said, um, gay people have to play gay. And I said, well, does that mean gay people can't play straight? Does that mean? non-Jews played, and then that whole idea of like, well, only people who are in, you know, Brian Cranston played someone who was in a, in a wheelchair. And, uh, you know, the, it was wrong. And I was like, this is, this is, this has gotten out of hand. It's, you know, it's nuts. I see these clips from Family Guy on my, I don't really watch Family Guy. I mean, it's a great show. I just never watched it. But I'm shocked, and I don't know how old these clips are, and whether they could get away with it, or they would 
do it today. These Family Guy clips, it's astounding. There's this one where this Chinese guy comes over to the Griffin's house and the dog, you know, Brian the dog, and he's like, Brian's scared because the Chinese people eat dogs, according to the stereotype. So the well, Chinese stereotype. <laughs> I think that's a true fact. Well, it may well be yeah. in China, not in America. So the Chinese guy comes up and goes, when we eat dog. And Brian's like, he goes, no, I'm kidding. You know, we are no, Asians are known for our senses of humor and our huge genitalia and our love of and our respect for white people. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, that's unbelievable. I shouldn't have laughed at that. No, that that's <laughs> really you can't un- play yourself. Unbelievable. I don't know how old that. Patrice clip is. did this whole bit about seeing a documentary about them eating uh, dog in China. Well, be that as it may, it's astounding what they like. If I did, and by the way, what, what are they saying to we we eat pigs? If I did that on stage, that same character, I, I don't know if I could get away with it. You can't get away with it. So I don't know if it's because Family Guy's a cartoon. And, well, South Park or, does it too. Uh, yeah, or they're grandfathered so, in. I guess they're grandfathered in. I don't know, but it just—it's just unbelievable the shit, the shit that I see, uh, the racial shit that I see. You know that 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 the racial humor that they do on Family Guy. So. I mean, it has to be nuanced, but I I, I think it's um, like it's just it's it can get really uh, it's a minefield, it's a minefield, and that's what I get. I get like, hey, I agree with certain things, but I'm like, leave your politics out of our art. You know what I mean? That's that's my biggest gripe. It's like, you know, if you're gonna come to a comedy show, you know, you can li- you can not like something, change a channel, not like it without trying to ruin someone's employment. That's 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 an option too. You know, I you can still have to channel. deal with the audience as you find them. So you might just you may be outraged at the audience. Is horrified by your impression of an Indian. I don't do but it anymore. Still, but you I, still I don't have the, to. You still mar- have to deal with the fact that the market has spoken. No, no, I don't do it anymore because I went. This, this, the, the juice is not worth the squeeze, right? It's not worth the squeeze. The juice is not worth the squeeze. So I went. It, 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 I'm going to shelf this. There's certain jokes that I put away that I brought back that are fine now. But when during for those two years that everyone wasn't working and people were nuts, I, you had to really I, you had to take things and go. All right, every, I'm going to give you the answer. And then, then let's wrap it up because, you know, we try to keep it uh, concise. Wait, wait, we have the answer. Hold on. <coughs> Aha, that's the answer. Dramatic pause. <laughs> I think we're dealing with a mass pornography, you know it when you see it type situation in the world right now. Mm-hmm. Yes, technically, it doesn't seem fair. That a, that a straight person can't play a gay person, but the gay person can play a straight person. But yet, there is an emotional reality to why many people feel that way. Well, because seeing a gay person, you know, playing a flamboyant person, it it feels a straight like, person it, playing a, a straight person. It could feel like mocking, and there's a history. Sure, of seeing and there's bullying. Mocked, and, yeah, got and it. you and you can't <clears throat> insulate your mind from making the associations with the mocking as you're watching. That character, as as you're watching George Clooney, who you know is straight, playing a gay person, you know th- these things are all real. Like Robin Williams in the Birdcage, right? Robin Williams in the Birdcage. But for some reason, that was deemed acceptable. But but again, you know that's the kind of thing. Again, you you know when you see it. But Nathan some- Lane was far like Robin Williams wasn't really that gay in the Birdcage. Right, but this is all making my point. Like was he? Yeah, he was. Compared to Nathan Lane, though. No, Robert, I think Robert, Robin Williams played the the. He played the relatively the- masculine gay guy. Did he? Was that what? Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. So anyway, it doesn't matter. The point is that the emotional content, all these, all these reactions are not bullshit. They are real, and they have real associations. And there really is 
uh, you know it when you see it type thing that and and the the, the point of that argument that what was it Powell made about pornography is that there's just no way to write down a standard which can define this. It just doesn't exist. It defines human reason. We cannot write down some set of rules that is that is perfectly consistent that would say, okay, well, let's just consult these rules. Oh, yes, you can do this. I say, wait a second. You said you can do that, but that's not okay. But but you said you can't do that, but that is okay. Right. So so we're, we're grappling with this as a society, and we're going to continue to grapple with it. And it's easy to score cheap points in any direction on this. So I guess the, what I'm saying is that it was much easier when America was basically 90% white. Yeah. No, I think, I <laughs> no, think to your I'm, point, I, like, I'm, I'm being, nuance, I'm, like, I said nuance. Let, yeah. let me just correct that. I'm, I'm actually being provocative but facetious that, that this is the complexity of having a very, very multi-ethnic, multi ethnic, uh, multi. Uh, uh, accepting society that we're going to have to grapple with these issues. We, these issues were not difficult when the minorities were a tiny percentage and everybody was straight as right. it were. Right. Quotation. So this is not necessarily a, a sign that we're bad, that we're grappling with. We're, we're trying to, we're trying to do the right thing. Right. And I think what your point is when you're saying you, when you like pornography, I think it's nuance. I see the difference between hacky Long Island racist guy doing racial material going, that feels ugh. Because you can tell they're coming from a, a versus like, let's say. Um, well, let's not besmirch uh, Nassau and Suffolk, the great people of Nassau and Suffolk counties. Okay, I'm doing the hypocr hypocritical, you know, I'm just making sweeping stereotypes based on geographical locations. I get it. But point <laughs> being is that when I would see, uh, let's say, Jessica Kirsten, for example, does something, I can tell there's a loving celebration in it, and it's not, quote unquote, this sort of yeah. uh, thing you, you can tell the you difference you know it when you see it but someone else thinks it's pornography this right and but the, but it's also like it's a button so they're going ah, bah, bah, and they're, they're it's like ready fire aim where you don't go wait a minute let me go because it happens it happens to you know people where they get thrown through this 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 like sort of thing where the pitchforks are in their their lawn and you're going and everyone comes out and the truth comes out going this is not the person wrong person january 1st white not january 6th january 5th Fifth, eleven fifty nine p.m. January fifth. That's what you are. That's how white you are. <laughs> Dan, any last thoughts? Um, <laughs> no, I, I think that's that. No one put a decent bow on the whole conversation. Um, I think we can uh, wrap things up. Uh, thank you, Richard. TikTok sen sensation, Richard Aronovich. Just find me by Rich is funny because I, I no one can spell my last name. Rich is funny. One word. Um, it's just rich is funny. That's yeah, that's it. all. Rich is funny. That's all I got to say. Rich is funny. Um, Periel Ashenbrand, her books on my knees and the only bush I trust is my own. Available on Amazon. Wait, wait, say that a little faster. The only bush I trust is my own ah. and on my knees. Okay. Uh, both are um, memoirs, I guess. Or they are. Uh, okay. Um, it's funnier. <laughs> her husband trusted George W. Bush much more than his wife's Bush. <laughs> they are uh, available uh, where books are sold. Noam Dorman, every Monday, come see Noam and his uh, merry band of musicians, 9 p.m. till midnight, every Monday at the Olive Tree Cafe. Maybe, maybe the best thing at the Comedy Cellar sometimes, you know that. I don't mean, I don't mean, I don't mean to say that. You mean, I, yeah. I mean that on a very high level. Like, the comedians are fantastic, but some of those guys that play and sing on Monday nights, they're fucking amazing. They are, but it's very different. 
different. Uh, it's apples you're, and oranges. You're, you're going. You're comedy to music. It's very different. I like the you're music. Saying, you're saying you but feel the level of music is, and you may be right, is higher than the level of comedy. I'm saying at, at that, that well that the, that the level like Nick and Colin and Sasha Allen are things with the Stones and these people are at the same level, if not even uh, squeaking above comparatively to their peers. As the comedians of the comedy cellar are to the to the comedy. I that, thought you were comparing the musicians to the comedians, and I went, "That's a no." I'm saying band. like that's how good they're yeah, they're yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. I will say that, and yeah. I will be playing with you guys Monday night. You're playing harmonica. You're playing harmonica in the key of F. In the key of F. Yeah. You're playing harmonica. Yes. Okay. Wow. Rich is an accomplished harmonicist. Yes. I used uh, to do this. I've been doing this for years, and I'm like more excited about this than every anything. week. Somebody uh, uh, that comes on Monday night comes to us. Sometimes one of them says. This is the best live music I've ever heard in my life. And more than once, just last week, I got this this text message from somebody just like saying how I, I, I was watching and I, I looked over at my wife and she was just full on weeping, just full of tears at, wow. at what was going on. Like it's amazing the re- response that we got. That's beautiful. And yeah. they do play some she, original music. It's mostly yeah. covers. Yeah. And and the mandolin. And of course, no Noam on guitar, mandolin, and he does some vocals. Uh, and uh, he he does vocals on "I've Seen a Face," and um, I sing harmony all the time. Do you take requests? Yes. Baby got back. <laughs> no, I can't. So anyway, thank you everybody. Uh, podcast at comedyseller.com for comments, suggestions, and so on, constructive or destructive criticism. Thank you very much. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.